Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week here on KPRC 2 Plus and click to Houston.com of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly sports podcast with the KPRTC2 Sports Department, Randy McAvoy, uh, Chancellor Johnson, Ari Alexander, and uh, today it is me and, Ch- me and uh, Chancellor are hanging out, talking some sports with you, getting everybody caught up on what's happening. A little bit later, we're also going to hear from Chris Kennedy, Chance. He's the uh, really the head of the Houston World Cup uh, host committee now that the World Cup 2022 is wrapped up. Uh, everybody's uh, they're now on the clock for 2026 but that'll be a little bit later uh, in this half hour but uh, we're going to dive right in to some uh, let's begin with Texans talk because <laughs> here we are we got three weeks left mm-hmm. three games left in this regular season and uh, the record is what you say it is it's 112 and one uh, this is a bat football team yet it is also a team for whatever reason chance last two weeks they've had winnable games at Dallas at home against Kansas City, both teams expected to make pretty good playoff runs. So they're making some progress, and that's a good sign. It's just not showing up. They can't finish games. <laughs> We've been saying that every single week <laughs> pretty much of the season. Yep. Uh, obviously, they've only won one game uh, so far this year, and they've been in so many of these games. Outside of, what, the Miami game where it wasn't you know it wasn't much of a game there. There's been a mm-hmm. couple other games, but for the most part, they've been there. Right. Just trying to get over that hump and – for one reason or another, sometimes it's the it's the most of the time it is the offense, but sometimes it's been the defense that may, may have lacked there. But they just haven't been able to get it done, and so now the question is: with three weeks left, who will be around? Will, will Lovey Smith stay? Will Pep right. Hamilton stay? Will they just choose to go in a different direction and pick a quarterback with what will likely be the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. um, with maybe it's Bryce Young, C.J. Shroud, or will they stand packed with with Davis Mills? A lot of questions to be answered, but. With the, with three weeks left, they'll also have to do it without Damian Pierce. He's been their best weapon offensively mm-hmm. all season long, and now you're without him. So now you turn to this two QB system that worked against Dallas, didn't against Kansas City, and either way, they're still searching for a win. I, I'm curious if they can at least get two, and and, and maybe get well, another win for the fans. I but. mean, there, there, there's a possibility. You've got. I mean, it's all. And Lovey mentioned it on Monday. Out at NRG Stadium, I mean, they're closing with divisional games, so that's kind of like on a one twelve in season. You're looking for any kind of bright spot. <laughs> right. So now the goal for the Texans is all right. Let's try to use these next three weeks and see what we can do. Maybe we could play spoiler a little bit uh, in the AFC South, and I mean, they got a chance starting in Nashville against the Tennessee Titans, who are trying to hold on to this lead right now. Remember that's the start they had of the season. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good start, I believe five and one. Uh, they're seven and seven right now. Mm-hmm. They've lost four in a row. They've got to win this game, yeah. and there's going to be some elements weather-wise in Nashville that the teams are going to be enduring. I mean, I think the high is going to be between 15 and 20 degrees. The low is like 6 in Nashville, and uh, so that's going to be a factor, and especially, I don't know if you've been in a stadium, but sometimes that wind will whip around that stadium a little bit. That affects football game, and sometimes there's no wind. So, um, And then they got uh, Jacksonville the following week, who, who's trying to catch Tennessee, so they're right there. They got hunt. something to play for. Absolutely. Not a lot, but they got yeah. something to play. For. Well, well, two things. Um, 
going into this week against the Titans. For one, they were embarrassed the last time Tennessee played Houston right here at home. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry had his way. It was like oh, Burger man. King. Have, have it your way. Yeah, right. That's right. That's right. No, you're right. <laughs> they couldn't stop him. It's like 215 um, yards. And, and he, every, it's like every single time he plays the Texas, he seems to go off. And then defensively, that defensive line chewed up. And really, Kenyon Green, he, he had himself a rough start mm-hmm. there against Tennessee. That For one, so they were embarrassed against Tennessee. And two, talking to the guys in the locker room, they're tired of losing. Right, like, like obviously, what you know, they're, they're, like? <laughs> you know, like, what's it like for these guys? They get their paychecks. We know of that. Course. They're they're okay. But man, what's it like as an athlete? It's like mm-hmm. every week, single week, man. Yep. Same stuff, post game. And also that too, crazy. We're going into week sixteen. These guys are banged up. Nobody yeah. is help, fully healthy. So you're tired. You're not, and at the same time, you're tired. You're hurt. You're banged up, and you're also not playing for really anything. Right. But the film doesn't lie. And mm-hmm. these guys, some of these guys are won't be here long term. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, they'll be elsewhere, and you got to put some good showing on tape. Mm-hmm. But these guys want to win really bad, and uh, we'll see if they can get one over these next three divisional games. Yeah, we're going to find out. Uh, you mentioned Pierce, and uh, I asked Lovey a little bit about that Monday. He addressed some of it in his, uh, his regular routine, the news conference he does on Mondays, too. Nothing but praise for what they got out of Damian Pierce this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, he came out, uh, was he fourth round, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Off the top of my fourth fourth round. round out of Florida. We didn't know we were getting. It's like, you know, he's one of those guys, you hate to throw it out there, but it was like you heard uh, the term upside. Had a lot of upside coming out of that draft. But, man, he quickly showed in training camp. He caught, he opened some eyes in a hurry. And, and even the media, when we were out there, mm-hmm. we all, all the media, and you said, this guy's pretty good. Yeah. You know, and again, it was a practice, so you didn't know till games. But, man, what a great job he has been. I really feel bad for him because his season's over, and he was right on pace and easily surpassing 1,000 yards. Yeah. So he's going to fall a little bit short of that. Yeah, and, and he was also in the hunt for potentially the rookie offensive player of the year. Yeah. With him having the season that he, that he was having, unfortunately, it doesn't help that he was on a bad team. But I'm also really not mad that they decided to just put him on injured reserve He's already has a lot of mileage on this season, <laughs> so he's been, right, You're right. right. So, so he's been yeah. banged up. Obviously, as a running back, you're gonna take your licks. Mm-hmm. So, with three games left, where you're really not playing for anything, like put that guy on ice, like because he will be. He's is he is one of the guys on the mm-hmm. roster that you do expect um, here to be here in Houston long term. I think so. so you don't want to give him too many carries, especially when you don't have much to play for. But yeah, I don't want to wear him out. And uh, I mean, you know, enough. We've seen enough. Absolutely, no sense risking another injury. Right. But I will say, on the flip side, the other. Guy they put on IR, Derek Stingley Jr. I know hamstrings are tricky, but I would have liked to see him play a little bit more because he was still trying to. He already came into the season missing a lot of time. He missed mm-hmm. pretty much mo- a good chunk of the preseason. Didn't get a chance to practice as much during the offseason. And leading up to the draft, we knew this guy was ultra talented, and we saw that throughout the season. But one of the concerns was health. And now you have a hamstring injury that. Was suffered in November, and we won't see him again. Yeah. So I'm a little bit disappointed with that, and, and some of it, you know, it, it is, is probably more of a coaching, obviously a front office decision to just say, listen, we don't have anything to play for either. But I would like to see him get those reps and see him a little bit more out there. But it's too bad we'll now be without Damian Pierce and Derek Stingley Jr. watching them for the rest of the season. Gut, gut feeling, still the right choice taking Stingley, or is the jury still out? As if he, can he be durable? So we so, know the talents there. So but can listen, he stay in one piece? It's, it's actually not about Stingley. 
Yeah. It's about Sauce. Sauce Gardner in New York. Tearing it up. And, and, and you can make the argument that he's been a top three cornerback, not just for the rookie class, but of the entire NFL. Now, I, I will say for the people, because that's been a, a And by the way, debate. he was there. He was on the board. He was on the board. He, you know, you know, it's yeah. funny. Uh, since we're talking to our insiders, I talked to Sauce when I was in, in Vegas. I remember that. And man. I said, I said, hey, man, how do you feel about Houston? And he kind of said to me, he was like, I don't know, man. I don't think they like me in Houston. I was like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, they ended up choosing Stingley instead. But Mm. I will say, with Derek Stingley Jr., they actually they, they have different roles because Houston has been running a lot more zone versus with Robert Sala in New York. It's man-on-man coverage, which I think Derek Stingley Jr. is at best for. So if they do end up replacing Lovey Smith and they go in a different direction, i like to see if, if D'Amico Ryan's has been a hot name that's been thrown out there. D'Amico's going to play you man-on-man. Right. And we'll see Stingley's talent come out. But Stingley, when he played, he was good. But once again, Sauce was locking up guys, and it's hard to ignore that. All right, so a uh, lot happening with the Texans. Over the next three weeks, and then the off-season fun begins. You got the combine in February. Uh, be they'll be quick. there. Could have a new coach. Yeah. Should Casario should still be the GM? I think. Although I'd like him out, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> we talked about that last spicy week. Randy. Uh, yeah, spicy Randy. Yes, spicy Randy. And then you've got the draft late April. So the lot moving, a lot of moving parts. Uh, indeed, a lot of big decisions to make for the Texans as they move forward. Uh, and we've got another oh, four or five minutes, four minutes or so before we go to break. But uh, Lovey Smith, you know, does he deserve a second year? A lot of people believe, hey, he still deserves, despite the record. You look at the big sample size, and I heard a stat today. Talk to me. From Mark Vandermeer, the voice. <clears throat> Ten of their losses, actually the tie and the um, nine losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fourth quarter, up or within four points in the fourth in all of those games. Mm-hmm. And Mark made a good point. Man, you go 500 in those. Mm-hmm. Just Please, say you split them. Conversation. You're talking about a team that would be six wins right now. Mm-hmm. And in this division, this bad AFC South, kind of, you have to say it, but they'd be kind of in the race right now. Uh, now, end of the day, if you can't fit, it's your record. You're 112-1. and one. I, I realize that. But it's not like they're getting blown out by 20 every week. And that's the one takeaway, and you're starting to see what they've done against Dallas, what they've done against Kansas City, especially on the defensive side. Um, you know, does he deserve – Another year to see if these guys can. Now, you still might need to make changes. I realize that mm-hmm. uh, personnel, but does Lovey deserve another year? See, the thing is, okay, cool. I'm actually not really big on the Texans need to fire Lovey Smith. He's the problem with everything. I, I, won't, I won't go there. Mm-hmm. But last year, David Cully was laughed at a bunch. People didn't think he was a competent coach, people thought there were much better options. And the Texans obviously did, too, so they fired him. <clears throat> Last year, though, David Culley won four games right. with the same quarterback with Davis Mills, and Davis Mills looked light years mm-hmm. much better than he did this year. Yep. So if you fired David Culley after winning four games and you're staring at a team that might win one record-wise, then you look around in RG Stadium. There's no fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. Yesterday— A lot of red in the stands Sunday. <laughs> yesterday, we were, we were at— the Kansas City Chiefs game, it looked like Arrowhead South. Even Andy Reid pointed out, he said there may. He actually said there may have been more Chiefs fans than Texans fans. And, in there. and how? Oh, you, I wouldn't even argue that. How can you blame them yeah. with the product? Now, speaking of the product, that product is created by somebody else. Not it's not only just Lovey Smith. You also got to go to by the man who hired Lovey Smith, 
Nick Casario with the talent around. So mm-hmm. I also think this is a fair question. Did he get enough talent to field a competent team? But once again, a lot of this talent last year, David Cully was able to pull away with four wins. Levy Smith only has one. So what I will say is I wouldn't be mad if Lovey Smith sticks around, but respectfully, and I, and I actually like Pep Hamilton as a guy, but Pep is not getting it done. I mean, the, the calls are, aren't aren't great. He's not maximizing yeah. the players. The two system quarterback it was cute and against the Cowboys. It didn't work. Can't work the long term here. If, no. if, you, if you have what's the old saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Right. So Lovey can stay. Pep got to go. Yeah, I think that would be one move for sure, if not a few more, but. All that staff, a lot of you know, they're all first year guys. You got a special teams coordinator has actually been good. Frank yeah, Ross, yeah, he's been good. real good. Mm-hmm. Minus like a couple of instances, mm-hmm. he's been really consistent. You got uh, George Warhop, the offensive line coach. It was suspect early, but man, you see the O line has two weeks, no last, sex. Yeah, exactly. They're they're playing some clean football. So he's got to help out Kenyon Green though, because that that's, yeah. that's a first round pick. Gotta develop him. You have to. You, you I, would, I would think he would be a little further ahead than he is right now. But man, he's a rookie. I mean, man, you see some of these guys. Uh, Kareem Jackson, as an example, when he first got here. Man, after two, three years, everybody, every fan wanted him out of town. <laughs> and he became a he developed cornerback. Exactly. And sometimes it takes a little time. All right, we're going to take a break here on the Houston Sports Weekly Podcast. Good conversation there on the Texans. We'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit of soccer now. And with the World Cup ending, they're on the clock now for 2026. Houston's going to play a big role with that. We'll chat it up with Chris Kennedy when the Houston Sports Weekly Podcast returns in two short minutes. So stick around. And welcome back to the Houston Sports Weekly Podcast. Randy McAvoy, Chancellor Johnson with you. It's a weekly podcast we do here on KPRC2 and KPRC2+. Plus. Click to Houston.com. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Am I missing any platform? It's out there somewhere. <laughs> Wherever you listen to your podcast. <laughs> That's right. I like that. Uh, hey, we had a good conversation on Texans. Chance and I weighed in kind of where they are, what needs to be done, including our takes on Lovey Smith. So uh, we will see what happens here in the next uh, three to four weeks. But we want to segue now this segment – uh, talk a little World Cup soccer, and I'll admit, Chancellor, I'm not a huge soccer fan. Really not. Um, I don't like zero-zero games. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, the World Cup, I've always kind of enjoyed, and I don't. I'm not glued to the set watching every second of every match, but I kind of get caught up in the excitement sure. of it because of the buildup, and it's once every four years. So I've actually enjoyed the one that just wrapped up. It lasted, what, 23 days? It was fun to watch. It was absolutely fun to watch. Now, for me, on the other hand, I, I'm really big on FIFA. Some people play 2K. Others play Madden. I was really big You're on FIFA. Guy, I'm huh? a FIFA guy. Okay, but as far as watching soccer consistently, I, I've never really done that. But I do know the players, and those players, they showed out uh, in Qatar. Really I mean, there, there's so much star talent all the way around. And that included in that championship final. Listen, man, I, I wasn't joking when I said this yesterday on Sports Sunday. Obviously, I've watched a lot of sporting events. But that was one of the best sporting events I've ever seen. Football, basketball, yeah. when you think about the, the level that that was on in the championship round, mm-hmm. Messi, Mbappe going at it, and, and they showed out. It was, it was like watching, like, let's say, Kobe at the end of his, you know, Kobe at the end of his career. Elite still, guys. Elite guys. Yeah. And then and watching kind of, I would say, maybe like John Morant, right, the up-and-coming up guy. And, and, and they, they, they were excellent. The goalkeeping was, was fantastic. And it was such a great game, um, but obviously Argentina, they came out on top. Messi finally gets something that's been eluding him for a long time, yeah. and I think that pretty much cements him as the goal. I mean, if you were to draw it up, that's what you want, a game that's regulation, then overtime, not enough, you need penalty mm-hmm. kicks. 
that's appropriate for a World Cup final. You know, the running I mean, joke. The running joke was if you haven't seen soccer before and that was the first game you've ever watched, you don't watch anything else they, because you might not get. They probably won over a lot of fans that are <laughs> like sure. sampling for sure that sport. And uh, man, if you're doing that and you're seeing all the fans go crazy mm-hmm. like they were in Qatar, uh, certainly a lot of fun to watch. But Argentina is the uh, winner. Uh, they won and beat the defending champion. Yep. France was back, and I was reading up. There hadn't been a, uh, a repeat Back-to-back. champion in 60 years yeah. since Brazil. So hard That's to a do. long time, yep. man. Yep. In Argentina, uh, four years from now, they'll be right back. Yep. So will France be, especially yeah. with Mbappe. He's basically my age. He, he's not going anywhere anytime stud, soon. Man. He's so. a stud. Now, speaking of the World Cup, uh, with the one wrapping up with Argentina winning, they have now turned the page, and the keys are being handed off to all the uh, cities involved and countries involved with the World Cup 2026. Uh, it'll be here before you know it. It's going to fly by. And a lot of work to do. And, of course, Houston is a host city mm-hmm. uh, preparing to host some matches. It'll be the early round matches. I've, we found out, as you'll probably hear in this interview with Chris Kennedy, uh, Houston will not be a semifinal or final city. So they know that already. They'll be hosting some of the early rounds. But let's listen in now. A conversation I had, uh, you saw it on Sports Sunday, part of it at least, with the uh, president of of the Houston World Cup committee, the host committee, Chris Kennedy. Listen in now of all the planning and excitement that's building. All right, pleasure to be joined now by the president of the Houston 2026 World Cup host committee, Chris Kennedy. Chris, how are you, man? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. Hey, uh, what a World Cup. I know you've been glued to it uh, over the last few weeks. What are your takeaways uh, now that uh, you, I guess, hey, everybody's on the clock now on 2026? Yeah, it was a great, exciting World Cup. Uh, the matches on the field were spectacular. And, of course, the final was epic um, between Argentina uh, and France and uh, probably one of the greatest finals of all time, if not the best. So uh, ended in, in great fashion. And uh, to your point, we're on the clock, three and a half years and ticking. What have you guys learned uh, as a committee now uh, during this stretch of the World Cup and uh, takeaways from that on and what you can apply to the, the games in 2026 and bringing it here to Houston. Yeah, obviously we were paying close attention to how things went in Qatar and we had some folks over there uh, checking things out in person and there was a lot to learn. It was such a spectacular event. Uh, over $300 billion were spent on that event over there to make it uh, just absolutely outstanding, beautiful stadiums and um, everything. Um, so there's still a lot to take in. We need to, you know, download. But uh, you know, we have three and a half years now to get ready and make sure that we put on another spectacular event here in Houston. Walk us through the timeline now, because uh, this just wrapped up today, and there's a lot of uh, moving parts now. What what is the timeline from FIFA's standpoint as they look to 2026 and make decisions? Well, things are really going to start rolling uh, probably over the course of the next two to three months. So it's been six months since we were awarded the hosting rights for 2026. But for being honest, over the last few months, FIFA was really focused on Qatar. So things have been quiet. Yep. So we look forward to uh, you know things really picking up. We're going to start digging into the details now around uh, all the things that uh, that we need to achieve as a host city to put on this event in the right way from transportation to hotels to ground you know, to stadium safety, security. Uh, all those different things now we're going to really start digging into the de- the details. What kind of reports did you get back? I, I know Janice Burke went out there with a team of people. And uh, what did you hear back feedback-wise from what they saw out there and maybe working a to-do list as you guys uh, get things in order here in Houston? 
Yeah, everybody was really impressed with how things went in Qatar and how everything was handled. Um, the one thing that I've really taken away is it's going to be a much different scenario. If you, if you look at the country, uh, it's approximately the size of the greater Houston area, and they had eight venues in that space. Of course, we're going to be three countries, 16 cities spread out. So, so the scale was super impressive there. Um, in order to be, a be able to accommodate everybody in one space. But we'll host five or six matches here to remind your viewers in Houston at Energy Stadium over the course of three or so weeks. Um, and, you know, we should be able to put on this event uh, in style like we've done with Super Bowls and Final Fours and other major sporting events that have come through here. You really got a sense, uh, and you guys were talking about, you know, putting it in per into perspective when uh, Houston was named a host city on what it will bring to this city. Uh, when, it, when it arrives, but just watching the coverage there in Qatar and, and just the magnitude of everything, you, you got a sense of what it's going to be like. Absolutely. I mean, even today, you know, visiting viewing parties around the city for the final, uh, the excitement and the energy and the amount of turnout on a, on a Sunday morning to watch this match is uh, just a glimpse into what 2026 is going to look like. And, uh, you know, Houston will be um, just full of excitement and energy with people coming in from all over the globe to uh, experience and celebrate the sport of soccer uh, in what, what's being pinned as the, the, the largest sporting event in the history of the world. So we're just happy to be a part of it. How about that finish today, man? It was it only fitting that it, that it went to penalties and uh, it was decided uh, on those kicks? Oh, it was a great finish, wasn't it? I mean, uh, France looked like it had no chance, and all of a sudden, boom, <laughs> in the course of a couple of minutes, they tie the game, and it goes to overtime, and, you know, back and forth in overtime, and almost a goal by France to win it um, at the buzzer, and then it goes to, to penalty kicks. Tough way to decide a, a cup, but um, always exciting at the same time. The quality of play, man, you, you, you feel and you see some of the greatest players ever that are out there, and uh, you know, the fans here are going to be able to see that. And that's the cool thing. All these countries coming together trying to win a World Cup, and Houston's going to be right in the middle of it. Yeah, these are the best players on the planet playing at the highest level, um, vying for the most important trophy in the world, and uh, everything's on the line. And you see the passion and the emotion and the commitment and the desire. And uh, when all that comes together, it's one of the reasons that uh, the World Cup is such, a, such an amazing event that so many people get excited about. Chris, we saw some upsets uh, throughout this World Cup as well. Did that surprise you at all, or is that just an indicator of the parity we're starting to see across the globe in this sport? Yeah, there were definitely some surprises. I don't think too many people had Morocco going to the Final Four, for example, in their, their pools. But it, that's always what makes these tournaments so much fun, right? Whether it's the NCAA basketball tournament or whatever it might be, it's fun to see a few uh, Cinderella stories slip through and, and go for the Cup. But at the end of the day, it was, there was two giants standing uh, in the final uh, on the biggest moment. So, um, you know, there's something about that as well, too, wanting to see the two best teams out there. All right, lastly, uh, back to FIFA now and decisions they have to make. Walk us through the steps because at some point, I don't know what you know the timeline, they've got to decide uh, which city is going to be the, the final city. Is that right? And walk us through the decision-making process of that. Yeah, so we're still trying to get all the different uh, logistics uh, together and, and to learn the, those types of things. I don't know when exactly we'll know what games we're hosting and what rounds we're hosting. But again, we're hoping or expecting to host uh, around six games here in Houston. 
Um, we would expect to have a few group stage, stage games and as well as a few knockout stage games. We cannot host a semifinal or a final. Our stadium's just not quite large enough. Mm -hmm. But uh, all of those pieces will come together, including FIFA announcing uh, where the final will be. Okay, that's good to understand that part of it, too. Uh, one final question. Team USA, uh, what was your takeaway from the job they did, a very young team that was in this World Cup? Uh, it was good to see them back for starters, but they were able to, to make a little noise and uh, get some experience under the belt. Many believe that's going to be a team four years from now that's going to be even mu uh, much improved that can maybe make a run here. Yeah, the U.S. I think had a good showing. It was important that we got out of the group. I think everybody would have been very disappointed had we played three matches and gone home without getting out of the group. We faced a tough opponent in uh, in the Netherlands um, in the knockout stage. They're number uh, eight in the, in the world, I think. And um, we put up a good battle for a while. There would have been nice to win that game and go one more round and see what we could do against Argentina. I think that would have really created a lot of excitement and, and momentum across the country. Uh, but to your point, we are the uh, uh, the second youngest team in this tournament, um, young, talented group of players, and uh, we'll, we'll only get better over the course of the next four years. There's no doubt about that. Well, Chris, appreciate the time. Chris Canetti, uh, president of the Houston 2026 uh, World Cup uh, host committee. That's a mouthful. You've got a big job, and the work is only going to get uh, uh, deeper and deeper into it now as the uh, months uh, and years ahead as we count down the next three and a half years to 2026. Uh, Chris, appreciate the time. Happy holidays to you, and we will uh, for sure talk to you soon and stay in touch. Thank you, Randy. Same to you. All right, great conversation there with Chris Canetti. Uh, he is running things on the Houston side for the Houston 2026 World Cup. We can't wait. It will be here in a matter of years. But as he mentioned in an interview, Chance, I mean, now the work really begins. Absolutely. I mean, it took a lot of work to land that mm -hmm. and become a host city, which they're proud of. It's going to generate unbelievable amounts of money for, yeah. for the local economy. Each game, and there should be like five games, is like a Super Bowl in yeah. itself. So just imagine five Super Bowls. It's going to be great for the city of Houston and all the host cities. It helps that the city of Houston has been there before on, on the world's biggest stage, whether that's the Super Bowl. We saw that in the fantastic game was the last time I was here. Remember yeah. Falcons versus the Patriots. The Final Four will be here this year. We've we've seen right. the NBA Finals. Obviously, that was a while back, but we've seen we've seen the World Series just you know just last mm -hmm. year. So we've seen you know the sports at the highest event, and we know how the city of Houston gets down. They know how to party, yeah. and, we, and we know there's some great fans here in the city. The um, the sports of soccer is only growing right mm -hmm. here in, in Houston and over the next four years I only anticipate that going even further so to have that talent here in Houston that in that world's biggest event have so many people from all over the world that's going to be really cool yeah they know how to host big events here mm -hmm. there's no doubt you got the facilities and uh, like Chris mentioned uh, those early round games I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if they'll be all in a 10-day period sure. or not but there'll be a lot of great soccer coming yeah, through it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun and then the stars we just talked about some of them earlier um, but when you, you have Kylian Mbappe come here you have yeah. uh, some some of the other guys across the other countries whether it's oh. you know Poland maybe Messi will be back you never know maybe we'll get team USA oh. that's going to be Second youngest club mm -hmm. in this year's World mm -hmm. Cup, so four years down the road, they're going to be much improved. And they're, they're going to be much better. That was going to be my next point. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe they can sneak into uh, maybe the semifinals. Well, they get nice. to the finals. It gets probably not. Get there, but you but never know, man. We saw upsets. Know. We yeah, saw absolutely. upsets in this one. So great chat. Thanks for hanging out with us for the last half hour talking Texans and World Cup. Uh, good stuff. Always uh, plenty going on here in H-Town. We'll do it each and every week here on the Houston Sports Weekly Podcast. For Chancellor Johnson, I'm Randy McAvoy. Take care. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And we will talk to you again next week right here on Houston Sports Weekly.